The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the crowd, No one can come to me unless he is drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, They will all be taught by God, and to hear the teaching of the Father, and to learn from it, is to come to me. Not that anybody has seen the Father, except the one who comes from God. He has seen the Father. I tell you most solemnly, everybody who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the desert, and they are dead. But this is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that a man may eat it and not die. I am the living bread which has come down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Please have a seat. So today's readings, I think, are about what we call the sacraments. Can everyone say the word sacraments? Okay, sacraments are very important in our Catholic faith. Um, there's this Augustinian definition. St. Augustine says the sacraments are an outward sign of an inward grace. I'll just say that again, but think about what that's implying. An outward sign of an inward grace. It means there's something that's visible, but there's something that's invisible. And hopefully the visible communicates the invisible, right? So you need both. Anyway, we're gonna circle back to that because really we all operate in this way. We're all sort of doing invisible things by using visible things. I'll circle back to that later. Um, does anyone know in the Catholic Church how many sacraments we have? Have a guess. Who said seven? The teachers. <laughs> Did you say seven? Does anyone disagree with him or agree with him? You? Okay, so no one disagrees, but one person agrees. So good. <laughs> it's, it's seven. Um, and, and do you know what those are? This is a riskier question, but if, if you know them, just call them out, hey? What's the first one? Baptism. Baptism. Then what? Yeah, reconciliation comes eventually. Um, do you remember, has anyone received the sacraments? Yeah, do you remember when you were a kid and the bishop probably came and he anointed you with oil and he said, receive the Holy Spirit? Um, that's called confirmation, okay? We say confirmation completes your baptism. Um, then there's Eucharist, which is what we're gathering for right now. How many times can you be baptized? Once. How many times can you be confirmed? Once. But how many times can you receive Eucharist? Again and again and again and again because it's your daily bread as we pray in the Our Father. So we say those three are the sacraments of initiation. If you've received those sacraments, you are in the, the rhythm of the church's worshiping life, you know? Baptism, Confirmation, Eucharist is there. We're gonna circle back to two of them because they're in our readings today and I don't think it's an accident. After that, we have um, what we call the two sacraments of healing and that would be anointing of the sick. Sometimes Father Andrew or I, we get a phone call and it's from the hospital or it's from the nursing home and they say such and such is sick or they're dying can you come and anoint them and we come and we pray some special prayers over them and we anoint them with oil sacramental oils so that's one of our sacraments and then the other one is um, confession or reconciliation or or um, penance right um, confess the when when someone relieves themselves of their sins they unburden themselves from whatever wrong they've sort of got tangled up in and the priest absolves them which means the priest wipes away any guilt 
or, or, or um, I don't know, any, any slavery, we might say, to their sin, which is a beautiful power that, that we have sacramentally. You know, we enjoy that. And then there's the two sacraments of mission, which is married life. Yep, in the church, marriage is considered a sacrament. Uh, and, and the priesthood is also a sacrament. Anyway, we'll talk about the other sacraments another day. But today, two of the sacraments are right in our gaze. And I don't think it's an accident because Catholics might have seven, but every Christian everywhere has these two very close to their hearts. Baptism and Eucharist. Being washed in the waters of eternal life and being fed on him who is the bread of life. This is, these are very important sacraments. What's, what's essentially happening in these sacraments? I don't know if you heard that reading, but from Isaiah, who was an old prophet, um, see, like, this isn't a Bible, this is a lectionary, but we don't, the ancient world didn't have a Bible like this. It wasn't bound in a single book and they just leap through it and be like, oh, I'll read a bit of Jeremiah today. <laughs> I'll read a bit of the Psalms today. No, they were individual kind of scrolls, you know. So Philip, who's one of the close companions of Jesus, he's on his mission and he sees this chariot with a chariot driver who's from Ethiopia, nowhere near the area, and he happens to be reading the prophet Isaiah. Who's that? That is someone who, who God sent to speak to Israel some 700 and something years before Jesus came. That's a long time. 700 and something years before Jesus came. And when you read Isaiah, you're reading about Jesus. I don't know if you heard that reading that was read for us, but it says, like a sheep that is led to the slaughterhouse, like a lamb that is dumb in front of its shearers, like one that never opens his mouth. He was humiliated um, and, has, and, and no one has defended him. He will... He will never, sorry, who will ever talk about his descendants since his life on earth will be cut short? That's talking about Jesus. If you look at the whole verse, it's a, it's a vivid description of the passion. And Israel would have never thought that their Messiah, the one who's come to save them, would die like that. It's like a, it's, a, it's incredible. But, but Isaiah was telling them. Anyway, this, this Ethiopian fellow, he speaks to Philip and Philip explains the scriptures and then eventually they see this little pond of water and the Ethiopian says, what's to stop me from being baptized? So he baptizes him. Um, that's a wonderful question. What's to stop us from being baptized? Really nothing. As soon as you want it, go get it. You know, Dive in. Um, because new life is God's gift to you. Then right alongside that, we have the bread of life. right? Um, so what, what essentially do we want to say about these two sacraments? I'm going to say just a few things. Baptism and confirmation. Uh, sorry, baptism and Eucharist a sort of, let's say, two halves of the same whole. Baptism, we say, is a dying and a rising in a real sense. I know that sounds really extravagant, but it's, but it's what we believe. In the prayers of a baptism, we say, this person has gone into the tomb with Christ so that they can rise to new life. So the, so the baptismal water, even though it doesn't look very epic, someone's dying and someone's rising in Jesus. What else happens? We say it's a rebirth. I don't know if you remember that scene where Jesus is speaking with one of the Jewish elders and he says, no one has life unless they're born of water and the spirit. And Nicodemus says, um, how, can, how can an adult be born? You know, does he go back into his mom's womb and get born again? He doesn't understand what they're talking about. But Jesus is saying, no, this is a sacramental birth. You have to begin life a second time. It's adoption. It's washing of sins. It's all that stuff, right? What's Eucharist then? Eucharist is really exciting. I want to say just three small things. One, Jesus didn't pick bread at random. It's important that we're gathered around bread. 
Think of how basic bread is. Like if you're a beggar, the one thing you crave is, be- is bread. Please just give me enough to suffice me the day. If you're the most kingly figure on the planet, you know, in the highest tower of a, of a, of a palace, you get your bread too. Like bread is the everyman food. Bread is what we simply need to live. The second thing, and I often point this out, this is a bit symbolic, but, but bear with me here. Has anyone ever gone into the garden and plucked bread off a tree? Yes? No, you can't do that, can you? Um, to get bread, you have to, you have to embark on this big long project of tilling a field and then growing the wheat and then making sure the bugs are out of it and then you um, harvest it and grind it and make flour and it's like this really long process right to eventually get bread the point is God gifts us with all sorts of stuff but if we want to participate in salvation it's not enough to just kind of like be a spoiled brat of God God gives gifts and then he says what can you do with it like go and work with it go and turn this into something wonderful and that's that's also what bread is we're engaging with the gifts that god's given us lastly i want to say this and this is really cool this comes from augustine augustine says there's something back to front about the eucharist um usually when you eat food you make it part of you you know half an hour from now i'm going to eat a sandwich and that sandwich becomes me it's it it goes into my muscles and stuff but that's not what happens when we consume the eucharist Augustine says, unlike ordinary food, when we consume the Eucharist, we become it. We get consumed into the bread. We lose ourselves in something bigger than ourselves. I don't just assimilate it into my body and then it's disappeared. It assimilates me into the body of Christ and then I disappear into this eternally living uh, Lord. That's a, that's a staggering thing to sit with, but sit with it as we approach the Eucharist now, because this is actually where we are. Um, the last, I've already said a lot, so I should probably pull up stuff soon, but the last thing I wanted to say was, we're doing visible things to affect invisible things all the time. You guys have, I didn't, I didn't know what uniform you'd have on today, but who, um, who you know, has their shirt ironed before they come to school? Yes, anyone? Did your mum or dad iron your shirt? Okay. Um, who brushed their hair before they came to school, you know? Who did a whole lot of visible things to themselves to sort of prepare yourself for for being here? All of us, all of us did that. The question is why? You know, why do I brush my hair? Why do I um, make my uniform look presentable? Uh, Why do I eat a healthy breakfast rather than having ice cream and other random stuff? Why do I do this visible stuff? If you dig down into the why, 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 and eventually you come to something, you come to stuff that's no longer visible. Like your iron shirt is not really about your iron shirt. Your brushed hair is not really about your brushed hair. There's something invisible that you're trying to communicate. Your invisible dignity, your invisible values and priorities. Um, All of these things you're making visible so that the world can see it so that the world can join you and affirm you in it. In a real sense, that's what Jesus is doing here. Where is Jesus right now? Well, he's invisibly everywhere. But he wants to visibly communicate himself to you. That means tangibly, historically, locally. He wants to break into your world. And the sacraments is is probably the most magnificent way in which he does that. So as we approach the altar now, let's just sort of peel back the the veil of our eyes. Let's see 
what Jesus is doing in our presence for us today.